Namaste everyone. You are now listening to our podcast Vichar with Moon and Harshi. Hey everyone, uh welcome to another episode of our podcast Vichar. We hope you're all doing well and this is a special episode because we're uh, you know doing this in collaboration with John from Kbotai podcast. So uh welcome John. Hi, thanks so much Moon and Hershey for having me on. Lovely to be on the chat with you guys. Yeah, we're glad that you join us. Um typically uh K-dramas as we know have been spoken about as cliché romantic comedies uh in pop culture and that is something uh, that we want to, you know, challenge the notion of because we know that beyond romance and beyond rom-coms there are so many genres that korean movies and korean entertainment are coming up with and um, the storylines and the storytelling is extremely detailed and all of these genres across thrillers zombies legal dramas uh, the action packed uh, movies there's so much to it and john uh, john and i mean his podcast typically covers such uh, content So, why don't you introduce your podcast, John, and you know, give us uh, what you typically cover in uh, your show? Thanks, Moon. Yeah, as you've uh, hinted at there, I'm fairly obsessed with uh, horror, crime, action, movies, uh, your typical genre stuff. I would say, um, and a large part of why I started doing the podcast is because. the kind of stuff uh, that i was watching from uh korea both the the serialized dramas and the movies um was uh, just a such a high quality um including things that have got a bit uh maybe stale some people would say in western uh, productions like um walking dead I, i think most people would agree it's it, it's had its day but um things like kingdom uh all of us are dead earlier this year and definitely happiness which we're talking about today uh are just uh absolutely fantastic shows they all bring something new um and uh so that's what's kind of kept me entertained and uh kept me recording podcast episodes uh i i do enjoy some of the uh, the more rom-comish uh stuff as well i do just keep coming back round to the uh the various um gory and uh, action packed stuff uh, and dystopian stuff uh, as well so i guess that's um just uh, ended up being a bit of a recurring theme yeah so uh john that's pretty interesting we were but one thing that i really want to ask and i'm very curious about is what does k botak mean like uh you know <laughs> i i am not sure uh, what is the meaning of the, that botak so i'm really, i thought i'll ask you uh, me yeah, and harshi so, has several opinions over that <laughs> we've always been curious as to what does it mean <laughs> well um uh, i had uh, about well i gave myself about 2 minutes to think of a name for my podcast because when i started I knew that if I gave myself any more time to uh think about it or procrastinate 
uh, I would put it off and uh, and bottle it and not do it, and I'd be sat here now, you know, having gone nowhere with it. So I made it the first thing that came to mind. Bota is a, a word in Bahasa Malayu, which is spoken in Malaysia and here in uh -huh. Singapore. Uh, basically, means bald or a bald guy. Like, oh. uh, where's your friend? Oh, is the Bota? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Interesting. And, uh, uh, myself yeah. being bold, uh, I thought, you know, uh, since I'm into all this K-drama, we've got the K-pop and uh, all the rest of it, why don't we just have a, a K-botak guy that can talk about it? Um, so, nice. yeah. That's really interesting. <laughs> that is super, <laughs> super interesting, nice. yeah. Again, uh, like you said, uh, mentioned John, that uh, no matter, you do watch rom-com, uh, you know, content, but however you somehow uh, fall back on these kind of thrillers and action-packed, uh, uh, you know, uh, series and movies. We, we just wanted to understand that how, uh, what is the scene uh, or what is the main difference between the West and the Asian cinema in terms of the fantasy genre or in terms of, you know, uh, producing dystopian or apocalypse-related uh, content. I think that's a really good question. Um, I think it was also interesting that the one of the recent Korean movies uh, that was just a, a smash crossover hit was Train to Busan. Yes, um, absolutely. A, just an yeah. absolute banger of a movie, and and everyone's seen it. You know, you can you can talk to um, people from uh, from the UK, and and they know about it. They've seen it. A lot of people would would put it up there with their faves. Um, and it's fab, but I think it codified a lot of the things that are really strong with um, like the, the horror and the, the apocalyptic and, and especially zombie genres uh, with South Korean stuff at the moment. Um, uh, I think part of that is the social messaging. So like that very um, clear uh, structure to the film where it, it's been described as like a video game where they're going level by level up the train and you see the different classes of yeah. people on the train and how everyone yeah. responds to it uh, a very clear kind of social satire and that's Yon sang ho like he's uh preoccupied with those with those social topics and socio-political topics um when you get to kingdom that kind of uh blows it out into this uh big kind of allegory around famine in Chosun Korea like we're used to very lavish uh, presentations of period rom-coms and, and saguks set in uh, in that dynasty of Korea but um, even though the, the king was wearing these incredible robes and, and uh, the yangbans and, and people in the court look, looked amazing there was a lot of um, poverty and a lot of starvation happening uh, in various parts of the peninsula during different um, periods in, in the Chosun dynasty. And uh, mm -hmm. uh, Kim Yun-hee, who's the writer for that show, picked out um, basically a footnote in, uh, in the kind of the annals of the Chosun dynasty about some unexplained mass deaths that were taking place somewhere on the Korean peninsula. And um, she's turned it into this uh, story about uh, a zombie plague that, that sweeps across the, um, the country. Uh, but to to draw it from kind of so much history um, and then to be able to really effectively turn it into uh, social satire uh, where, like I mentioned when I covered this on um, 
on my own podcast, one of the things I liked was every time uh, you see the um, the plague kind of move, it's because the the elites have done something. They've made some decision or bungled something, which ends up spreading it even further. Uh, one of the depressing things you notice is that every time the um, the poor people, the the characters who are experiencing famine, uh, eat. Uh, something, something horrendous is about to happen, um, yeah. which is kind of a recurring, you know, it's like that thing in Pulp Fiction, every time John Travolta goes to the bathroom, something bad happens. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, things like that, and it, you know, it's been adapted in, in different ways. We've got um, All of Us Are Dead, now we've had Sweet Home, which is yeah. similar to Happiness. It's the apartment block with all the the different kinds of people, different classes, different occupations, and, and how they interact with each other. Um, I think some of the things they they share as well are just really good monsters, creatures. Um, the the kind of train to Busan fast zombie, I think, is is re- a really good version of it. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen the fairly dodgy sequel to Train to Busan, which is called Peninsula. Um, no, I'm not. It, it's I like a six either. out of ten, really. Yeah, it's, I, yeah it's, I think a lot of people were disappointed with the with, with the quality of that compared to the original. It is Yun Sang Ho, and it does have Kang Dong Won in in the main uh, kind of like role, and he's very okay. very good as usual. Um, but even in that, I, th- I thought one of the things that I did like is just how funny the the zombies are. The way they're kind of like cracking their joints and backflipping into action and, and stuff like that. Like there's throughout these um, series and films, I think there's like a bit of dark humor uh, around them mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, once you've seen enough Romero films and uh, zombie films and all the rest of it, you're probably not that scared anymore, but they are quite good for physical comedy because it's basically a, a man coming towards you who can't quite control his body. Um, but is trying to attack you, and there is like a quite a bleak humor in that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, quite a rambling answer there. But um, I, I think the, the the presentation and the the meaning behind uh, a lot of these is really what what draws me to them, and, and what I think is really really strong. Yeah, I think uh, re- I mean we should really appreciate how uh, South Koreans have taken the subgenre of zombies which has already uh, you know which seemed like has reached a saturation point uh, given like few of the movies that were produced in the west in pre- in the previous decade uh, but they have totally reinvented this subgenre and uh, you know kind of uh, given like meaningful plots to it and uh, sometimes they even make uh, you know, the gory look very aesthetic and uh, some, you know, this, this uh, genre is hitting the right spot with the audience these days. Or else, uh, you know, it, it's really surprising how shows like All of Us Are Dead and Sweet Home are uh, getting that kind of a viewership from the uh, larger global audience. And uh, in fact, for me, with uh, Train to Busan, I was again not expecting a zombie movie when I actually picked watching Train to Busan. 
I thought it must be some like a, 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 a you know bomb fitted in the train and people are trying to like a survival movie. But then though it yeah. was a different kind of survival movie, I was like in for a very sweet, not sweet, but like a, a surprise. Uh, the surprise element was zombies for me. Uh, I was really impressed with Train to Bus- Busan though. But after that, I haven't uh, really uh, you know watched any of the. zombie movies uh, from south korea uh, the next one was uh, sweet home and then happiness so uh, yeah i think there's, there's an entire generation of uh, people you know uh, who hooked on to the korean content because of shows like crash landing uh, on you and the sentence mm-hmm. of the sun but there are uh, you know shows like sweet home and public kingdom uh, which Uh, are like a great segue into the genre that we're trying to talk about, and uh, like, what do you suggest, John? Is someone who's not interested in romance or comedy uh, and wants to watch a Korean drama uh, or a Korean movie? Yeah, I I think the good thing with with horror fans is if you like your horror, you almost don't care where it's from. Um, like the other day, I was uh, watching like a, a Spanish horror film that came up on Netflix, and it, it, it was like average. But I will just usually check it out. Um, and I, th- I think with you know genre fans like that, you you get a bit insatiable, and and you just want to um, see everything that's out there. Um, but I think if you know you're listening to this and uh, you want to kind of nibble around the edges of of what there is coming out of Korea, I think. Um, You've probably seen Train to Busan. Uh, Go for Kingdom. Um, most people will have access to Netflix. That's a Netflix original, so it's on there everywhere. Um, it is six episodes a, a season and a special, so you can probably smash through it in a, a weekend or two. Um, the the production values are absolutely amazing. I, I was saying to uh, you guys when we spoke the other day, uh, it was actually the show that got me into. Uh, period dramas and, and period films from South Korea, because you know, compared to feudal Japan and uh, medieval Europe, we're so underexposed uh, uh, until recently in the West to um, Chosun, uh, Korean Peninsula kind of era uh, TV and uh, and and films, um, and yet it's such an amazing, fascinating period of of history, um, and. Yeah, so it's it's got all that going for it. You've got a brilliant kind of political um, intrigue aspect, um, and then you've also got uh, some of the best paced um, and best plotted sort of zombie survival stuff uh, that I've ever seen on TV. Um, I think the way they generate tension in the first season with this this conceit that the zombies will only move around at night. Gives you these six episodes where um, people are kind of desperately trying to uh, fortify their location or move to another location before it gets dark and um, uh, and these things start moving around again, and then you see them piled up um, under buildings or by the sides of the road and stuff like that. And that's almost creepier than when they're coming towards you, just looking at these things, and it's just piles of bodies, and they're sort of yeah. inert and thinking. All right, these are going to wake up in a couple of hours and start looking for me. I'd better get somewhere safe. Um, it's amazingly well put together. So, um, yeah, I think that I'd, I'd recommend that to 
anyone who uh, you know is you know I don't think you have to be a big horror fan but anybody who's got the stomach for you know some blood and guts and um, uh, and some flesh eating zombies um, I think you'd love that and plus it's it's Duna Bay and um, uh, yeah. a, a really amazing cast so uh, yeah. Like I think uh, she's she's like an expert at picking all these dystopian or uh, such kind of uh, scripts. Mm. That's what I have seen. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So now coming to the main topic of our episode, uh, happiness, right? So first of all, to our listeners, do not be fooled by the title of if you haven't watched the series yet. <laughs> that because this the plot of the drama is far far from happiness right mm. but uh, i would uh, like to say that uh, on behalf of all three of us here that we thoroughly enjoyed this drama right so because of again it's unexpected and the thrilling uh, development that uh, the plot had to offer uh, so initially when i uh, when this drama was announced uh, that park Sh- this was park yun shik's uh, comeback drama after his military uh, discharge from his military enlistment and uh, han yuju was also appearing in a drama after a very long time she she had taken quite a break after her previous drama so i thought it's going to be like one love story and a rom com but uh, turns out that this was like a drama version of uh, train to busan and with all the infections and uh, uh, you know uh, breaking out in the apartment complex that these pe- the lead couple ends up in so basically uh, to give you a quick brief about uh, this drama uh this uh, one thing that we notice is that uh, this has a very promising ensemble cast who have delivered the story with such an uh, impact right uh, we have park yun shik uh, playing the role of jung yi hoon like who's a righteous cop uh, failed in his baseball career though but he is a righteous cop and han hyo ju uh, as the feisty uh yoon sebong and the chemistry between these two couple is right off the charts like absolutely uh, enjoyed when both of them were there on the screen either as friends or as partners or just you know as the protectors of the entire uh, apartment complex and apart from the uh, them we get to see a few other notable actors also like uh, ju woo jin and uh, lee jun hyuk baek hyun jin uh, bae hae son kim young won and lee ji ha and many more other talented actors that you get to uh, identify from other popular dramas like uh, uh, you know uh, they have played various different kinds of uh, you know sweet roles in the other dramas but here the kind of characters that these people play is uh, it was quite unexpected and surprising but super impressive again uh, the one thing that i would like to say that this drama touches a very sensitive nerve and questions the audience about uh, you know the monstrosity or who's the, who's the real monster when the human, humanity is tested by crisis and this drama is the perfect example of uh, such a situation right 
more than the zombie or the apocalypse how the uh, uh, you know human intentions come forward in such situations um, so john and moon uh, my question to you what were your first impressions of uh, happiness uh, john why don't you uh, take this first sure thing um first impressions really strong um the cast members i wasn't super familiar with park hyung sik but uh han hyo ju i thought had been good in a couple of things i really liked her in ilang um which is uh, a kim ji won uh movie it's actually an anime adaptation yeah. again it's a dystopian one um but she's really good in that apparently i'm the only person who likes that film because it was pretty unpopular but i i thought it was killer um and just kind of the confidence that she brings to this character and this story is like watching uh, just an actress who is sort of at the top of their game and uh just really really knows exactly where she wants to take the character um and the arc uh that she's going to go through across the show um it's uh always kind of clear what her priorities are she basically wants a little patch of land for herself and that's it right it's like that really relatable thing um for for people our age watching a drama like this like wouldn't it be good to actually just own your own place and everybody leave you alone and be able to just sit there <laughs> and live in peace for a little while um Absolutely. and i was watching the first episode and i was like so this lady has just seen someone turn into a zombie in front of her eyes and all she's interested in is whether she's going to be able to get enough um extra points um from uh the government she's a government employee uh to get a place in uh, in this apartment building that she's been eyeing up like that is the most relatable thing ever like i can just imagine you you would be like okay you're zombies whatever end of the world um am i on the list you know can i can i get in because uh, i need someone to hang my hat so i thought it's a very millennial drama uh, in that way you know for uh, yeah. i speak for myself uh, an an aging millennial um and uh, <laughs> it, yeah i thought that that aspect of the social satire was uh, was perfectly done um in terms of the show itself i think it puts a really strong foot forward in the first um two episodes which you get two episodes a week right usually when these things air but um i i watched it after the fact so i just kind of binged through it but um the reveals that this show has are so strong um not to get ahead uh too much but when she's been locked up in that dorm she doesn't quite know why and they say they're doing tests and she's there on the bed she's fine um after she's been scratched she's not having any symptoms but then it pulls out and you see that every other room contains someone who is infected and has turned yeah. and is just like screaming and banging themselves against the glass like absolutely haunting um so i guess we should mention that this show canonically takes place after covid like it it yeah. takes place in a world where people have lived through the covid pandemic they know about masks and social distancing and all of this kind of stuff they know about you know the various degrees of um wisdom or ineptness with which national governments have responded um and so that kind of explains a little bit of the the casualness um but 
I don't know about you guys, much like I am now, uh, when the COVID pandemic kicked off, I was living in high rise. Um, we were in a, a block in Kuala Lumpur at the time. And just that thought of like, I'm in my cozy flat right now, uh, in my room, everything's fine. Um, but I have no idea what's going on in the rest of the building. I don't know how infectious this thing is. Um, I don't know what is happening with people around me. Uh, every time I step outside of the door, I feel like um, I you know, don't know what's going to happen. Am I going to end up infecting my wife when I come back in? Uh, I think it really captures that, that feeling straight away um, of, uh, you know, what is going on around me. So, uh, yeah, across the board, amazing first impression um, for, for the cast and for the show. And also Joe Ujin, um, one, of the, uh, one of the actors that I continuously stand um, across his various films and TV projects uh, is is absolutely fantastic here and um, uh, yeah, straight away really good. So yeah, yeah. Thanks, John. Uh, how about you, Moon? Because I remember before you started uh, Happiness, I had to like keep following up with you for like so many months. I kept you know bugging uh, Moon for the longest time to give Happiness a try. And uh, I, I felt like I got my validation when I, uh, you know, heard Moon calling me after each and every episode, uh, you know, uh, where she kept telling me how amazing the show is and how, how she was thoroughly enjoying it. So I'd like to hear from you, Moon. Right. So actually, I was uh, the last one on this call to, you know, watch Happiness, uh, the K-drama. And... Uh, I was pleasantly surprised by it. Uh, for the longest time, it was in my uh, to be, you know, watch list. And somehow I could not, uh, you know, make time for watching the show. Uh, but uh, I really wanted to watch it because of all the hype that I had seen on my Twitter timeline while the show was airing. And thankfully, since I had all the 12 episodes at one go, I did not have to, you know, wait for the, the episodes uh, to come. And wow, I mean, I was really blown by it. And as Hershey said, after every episode, I used to give her my reaction. In fact, uh, my Twitter timeline also contained my reaction. And I was, I just fell in love with the show. And uh, going into a show which was, I know, you know, set in a dystopian era, a post uh, or, uh, or an apocalyptic era, uh, which entailed uh, a mix of zombies and also, uh, you know, the pandemic as the backdrop. Uh, this storyline was not something that I expected. And it kept me super engaged so yeah I mean that was my first impression also uh, one thing that you guys did not uh, speak about uh, I mean I fell in love with the OST of the drama and I still listen to uh, you know uh, the the music and there's a song called Portrait uh, which is awesome and I think uh, the sound effects and the OST you know the entire soundtrack really played an important part in the drama uh, coming on to the storyline uh, I think uh, Probably when I interacted with John over Twitter, he mentioned that this has like a very cozy vibe uh, for a, a zombie dra drama. And actually, uh, the show does not, I mean, spoiler alert, uh, there, there are no actual zombies in the show. But uh, the people, they uh, get this disease, which they've named as the mad human disease. And they have episodes uh, when they're infected. But uh, the best part about it is that 
they uh, they don't die or they don't become zombies or something you know inhuman so that's what the tra- the show has you know it's like a, a human uh, it's like a satire or a human commentary uh, on the fact that uh, the disease uh, makes you inhuman for a bit but then there are a lot of people who don't get the disease get uh, they are very inhuman when it comes to the uh, you know crisis situation that they are in and uh, that is something that i really liked about the show uh and uh, yes and apart from uh, park hyun sik and han ho jun uh, i really loved all the uh, neighbors and how they fight to the the entire milieu of people that they've shown in the uh, in the casting and the ensemble that they've tried to show uh, and how different characters react to the crisis situation um and how they're driven by uh, different kinds of greed uh you know and how everyone is so manipulative of the situation yet there are people who are there absolutely to you know do good as well which we see in the form of uh, the main lead and also the uh, also the the supporting police officer and there are few neighbors who are good as well um so yeah i mean that was my take thanks moon i mean i uh, would like to say that this show in particular has uh, shown a amazing range of characters right so and also uh, what i absolutely loved about this uh, show and the portrayal of these characters was that none of them was like a black and white situation in terms of nobody is like a good person or nobody is like a pure evil person we could actually see the uh, you know people transitioning from uh, being good to normal to how the greed the, the different types of greed that was kind of uh, controlling them manipulate their character uh, through the course of the entire plot so uh, that was very uh, uh, one of the interesting things that i uh, noted about this uh, entire uh, story so uh, what what were your impressions of the lead Uh, lead pair uh, more so that uh, uh, about Han Yuju's character Yoon Sebom and uh, Park Yoon Sik's character because uh, one thing I would like to highlight before you guys start uh, speaking about is that I loved how uh, the entire story, uh, if you notice, uh, has an underlying narrative of uh, the point of view is from. uh yeon's uh you know uh, side point of so view. yeah the point the entire yeah. narrative is yeon's uh, point of view so basically yeah, that Yung-shik, is why yeah it's park yeon's point of view his yes. character's point so, of view so so basically yeah. when when uh, you start watching the drama you kind of start assuming uh, yoon sebom as the hero of the uh entire story like how she is the brave one and how she you know navigates the entire uh, uh episode of uh, getting uh, how she navigates the entire uh, episode of being infected and trying to protect the their neighbors and the people in the apartment uh but uh, and how how brave she is but you see how she is put in the forefront of this narrative is because uh, yi hyun looks at yoon sebom as the hero of his life right 
so uh, that is something that i really enjoyed uh, and uh, over to you guys uh, what were your takes on uh, all the characters in this uh, uh, drama yeah you you really made me think about um you hewn there uh, a little bit deeper because I, I would say one one issue i had with him as a character when i was watching the show is that in the story he's they're not quite cops right they say oh oh we're kind of uh, we're government agents you know we're a little bit better, better than cops but for all intents and purposes that they are cops and uh Yihun, compared to sebon tends to act with quite a bit more um force uh and aggression towards yes. the other uh residents of of the block um and watching that in 2021 2022 uh from a character who's a who's a cop doesn't uh necessarily incline you to like uh, sympathize with them um but i think that you know for reasons that you said um it does at least try to bring that arc round so spoiler alert here if anyone's uh, yeah. still listening i'm going to go right into the final episode so yihun um eventually gets the virus um sebom uh is one of the only people who is immune and she actually has a, an antibody in her blood which they eventually use to start formulating cures um yihun like most other people uh he does uh, he does contract the virus and and he has the episodes that that moon was referring to um but because he idolizes sebom so much he kind of gets himself under control one of the running themes is how different people respond to the infection like some people seem to be like oh cool now i'm a zombie i'm just going to go and hunt people and there's that guy who's always hanging around downstairs going come outside and you know there's there's yeah. some good stuff out here oh, yeah. and he wants to tempt people out and he's he's just waiting to have a little nibble on someone um whereas others are tormented by it and by the idea of of what they've they've become and yihun is he put so much effort into like suppressing uh the infection because he wants to kind of be there for uh, uh for sebom yeah i think it all goes back to the the opening where he's almost going to throw himself off the roof because he's been told that he's he's had an injury right so he's never going to be able to play baseball yes i think it's baseball yeah it's baseball he, so he won't yeah. be able to continue his career in baseball exactly yeah he's he's had this like world shattering thing happen to him right yes yeah um and uh, sebom is there to kind of talk him down basically and and talk him out of it and make him look on the bright side again and i think that they kind of they maintain those characterizations really strongly like he remains impetuous and he overreacts to things and he doesn't always react the the, the same way as sebom uh, he's a little bit more uh you know aggressive uh, really and i think the the events that are happening around him get to him more i think sebom is a is a calmer cooler uh, person um but she's there to kind of uh temper him at at every point and even when he gets infected like she kind of brushes off the uh the infection like she brushes off at everything else you know she's kind of cool as a cucumber with it but um it does affect him um but she's able to bring him down so uh, 
you know, uh, maybe a little bit of a, a makeshift co connection that I'm stumbling across there, but you, you guys just made me think that maybe there is uh, quite a good through line uh, to, to this guy and um, why he experiences things the way he does. Yeah, I mean, adding on to Harshi's point, uh, so the entire story, uh, when you look at it from uh, partnership characters' uh, point of view, uh, the hero or the main lead is uh, Han Hyojun, right? Uh, uh, Seboma. And uh, as you mentioned, she's pretty cool in all kinds of circumstances. She's the first person, when she encounters the zombie or, you know, the infected person for the first time, she's out there to fight that guy. She does not. She's, she's portrayed as a very badass character, right? And I think uh, this actress has not done such roles in the past. Uh, and that is why this was a very refreshing uh, character when it came to uh, Han Hyo Jun. Uh, and right from the first episode only, we see her take the lead in the entire narrative of the show. And then actually when, when you were analyzing it, and actually this is her, she's uh, picking as to, it's the point of view of uh, Park Hyun Shik. And that is why there's this, uh, you know, in the right in the end of episode uh, 11, there's this scene when uh, Park Yung-shik's character, he lets them out. And because he also gets infected, he has to stay in the apartment complex. And uh, uh, Han Hyojun's character is the only one who's, who has the antibody and she has to be taken off for, you know, uh, for uh, getting the drug uh, trial, uh, uh, you know, on board. Uh, there's this entire monologue that he says on the rooftop where, uh, you know, he goes into that commentary of baseball and he says that, you know, uh, Jang Hyun uh, is back after a, a long hiatus and he threw the best bit of his life. Uh, and that was like a very great uh, and, you know, uh, actually like a very moving scene because uh, life comes in a way full circle for him. Uh, it yes. started with uh, Seboma on that rooftop uh, and that is when he uh, started liking her. And and even uh, in the episode uh, 11 scene, Andrew, that guy who's like, who, who's like spoiler alert, who's a, a you know serial uh, murderer in the apartment complex, along with the other ensemble uh, tables, uh, he he tells Andrew that uh, she uh, I found her on a rooftop and I'm letting her go on a rooftop. So you know that his entire point of view it comes like full circle, and and yeah. Uh, that is where we understand that he's, uh, as you were mentioning, that uh, he has been a bit more aggressive uh, when it comes to the neighbors in terms of handling the crisis situation. That is also because I think because he's very protect protective of Seboma. So there's this contract marriage trope also going on in the sideline, which is like a very, uh, you know, subtle trope uh, in the drama. And there were quite a few uh, viewers who got to the drama because they wanted to watch that. And uh, typically, uh, how this trope is used in other storylines, uh, I mean, I've not seen a lot of shows on that, but uh, there was a consensus that this show depicted in a very nice way. Uh, and that is also something that contributes to the show's narrative. So apart from the main two leads, uh, there's another character that I wanted to speak about was uh, Jo Woo Jin, uh, who plays the role of uh, Han Tae Sok, who's the, who's always on the gray line, that guy who's in charge of all this military uh, issue and he's like the head of military and he's also in charge of uh, making the drug uh, for this disease. So he's just experimenting and, and he's like that guy who, who's in a way actually controlling what happens uh, in, their, in this entire world because he's the one who's ordering the quarantine, 
he's the one who's in charge of uh, you know uh, he he's handling the infected patients right from the start he has top key information on the drug uh, and and the possibilities of you know making the drug uh, and uh, and he's like the key controller and he can actually make and break make or break the situation uh, and this actor has portrayed his role brilliantly so i mean i really fell in love with this guy uh, the way uh, he's acted in the show and and constantly i was like literally on the edge whenever his character used to come uh, on the screen so yeah uh, hashi what do you think yeah also because uh, i agree to that because we did not know which side he is tipping towards whether he is like exactly. the uh, good guy or the bad guy uh, that is what was kind of you know kept us on the edge of our seats uh because there was this dark mysterious element about his character uh but i was kind of uh, you know as a uh, as a loyal k drama watcher uh, though this was like a whole new genre for me to explore i was still like these were the bits in the uh, drama which kept me uh, satisfied okay this guy is doing it because he wants to save his wife and uh, so that that part of the character arc that they gave uh, him that was interesting the uh, another thing you mentioned about the contract marriage trope i mean true to the nature of k dramas while everybody is uh, you know biting each other around in the apartment complex this uh, subtle love story is happening in the background where you know uh, yeon is glancing these soft glances towards uh, sebom while she is you know busy killing of uh, killing zombies and taking care of people that uh, you know that was kind of satisfying my k drama fan <laughs> the k drama fan in me but uh, it it was quite interesting again uh, I, i would like to uh, ask you guys about uh, the different types of annoying neighbors that these people had in the apartment complex while they were facing such a life threatening uh, issue right so uh, like i was mentioning uh, each one of these characters were driven by a different kind of greed uh, you know greed of money greed of power greed of fame uh and uh, so just wanted to know what were your uh, impressions or reaction to these characters because uh, i'm sorry i'm dragging this point a little bit longer uh it was funny for me because uh, though this was like an extreme topic or an extreme plot like we know that uh, there wouldn't be a zombie apocalypse hopefully in the nearest future but we could totally relate to it one because this was the post covid era where we have witnessed a global pandemic so we know what isolation and quarantine uh, you know actually looks like in real life so uh, that bit also was very relatable and also in terms of the fact how people were reacting to such situations uh about in terms of greed uh and uh, the horrendous nature of the people that was coming out it it was kind of you know relatable be it a pandemic or not so uh, off to you guys well um 
Yeah, I, I don't know what sick-minded person went into the writing room and said, imagine if it was COVID, but you had to try and solve the situation with everybody else who lived in your apartment block. It's like, imagine if it's COVID, but Squid Game. But make it Squid Game. (laughs) (laughs) Also, like, like, yeah. Continue, Yeah, go ahead, Moon. No, no, I I, I just wanted to say that the the neighbors were so, like, I could really see them in my uh, building. Like, some of these characters, I mean, not all of them are so evil, but I could actually see, yeah, that this lady, she has this, power affinity and she wants to be the you know the the representative of the people in the building and she's always vying for that power she wants that funds allocated for the members of the society so yeah i mean you know she can do that uh, that kind of uh, action we all know that, that one secretary yeah auntie, that one lady yeah that secretary who always auntie, calls you know? for the society <laughs> meeting and That's you know pay the maintenance yeah. on time and <laughs> yeah so yeah yeah, John, you were saying. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's, it's such a brilliant idea. And as you were saying, you know, we, we can't maybe relate to a full-on zombie apocalypse. Hopefully we never will. Um, but uh, the idea of just like having the worst neighbours ever um, and being stuck in close proximity with them is uh, a kind of horror that we can all relate to. Um, and I think this is where, like, I don't know if we've mentioned yet, this show's also very funny. Um, yes. there's a lot of like yeah. comic farce that, that comes out of this right. and, uh, the, the horrible neighbors are the source of, of a lot of that. I want to go straight in and mention my absolute favorite, um, which is Bet Hunjin playing, um, a doctor, uh, Dr. Yes. O. Oh my God. He lives in one of the, the nicest apartments. The first thing you find out about him uh, is that he has basically uh, killed his wife um, under the excuse that she has been infected um, because he's also having an affair with uh, this other lady who's living in the flat with him. So he has instantly used uh, the infection as a way to get what he wants and bump off his wife so that he can... Um, he can have this affair with this other woman. Um, yes. He, I don't know if you guys have seen this other drama called Taxi Driver. I oh, haven't heard of it. But I, I've, yeah. uh, you know, watched the trailer and it's there on my watch list though. I've heard it's <sighs> a brilliant drama. It's so good. Yes, yeah, Ita Hoon. Um, and if you ever want to see like the worst people in the world get what's coming to them and Ita Hoon either ruin their business or, you know, just beat them up. Um, it's, yeah, it's a brilliant vigilante uh, story. Oh. Um, okay. And Bet Hyun Jin uh, is in that. He plays um, one of the kind of the main baddies um, throughout the, the middle of the, the series. And in this, he's playing quite a similar character, like just absolutely insufferable, um, really kind of up himself, rude, uh, will throw anyone under the bus to get what he wants. And the amount of trouble he causes um, and uh, misery he causes is uh, really bad, but so entertaining to watch um, as he just mm-hmm. uh, creates these situations that everyone else has to work around and he shifts his loyalties. Um, meanwhile, the woman he's been having an, an affair with uh, year one starts having an affair uh, on the side with, with the, another uh, guy. The lawyer. The lawyer guy. Yeah. 
it, and it just turns into this uh, farce. And uh, one of the things I liked as it gets towards the end um, of the story is that it leans harder into comedy um, than horror. Like yes. I think you yeah. get a, a lot of the big horror moments early on. Um, yeah. And then as you go through, you get more and more moments of comedy. So someone will be like running away from a, a pastor who's been infected. So he runs into the other room straight into the guy who's having an affair with his uh, missus, uh, which knocks yes, someone else over. And yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, there should just be, um, you know, funny music <laughs> playing in the background while all these all these things are happening. Like it, it's very good. Um, Pretty but, much, uh, what yeah. made this show very comfortable to watch was the comedic element. Uh, mm. Yeah, right. Yeah. And also, so, we see that they're uh, the the lady uh, who they ha- the lawyer guy is having an affair with. They're hell bent on decoding the password uh, for this <laughs> crypto account. <laughs> and in the end, <laughs> there's a massive uh, crypto crash that happens. And it's <laughs> so it's that worth nothing. Pretty, yeah, that's yeah. also pretty funny. It's yeah. also pretty relatable. <laughs> yeah. In today's time, with yeah. the crypto value crashing so bad, mm. I mean, yeah. I think it's now kind of, it is super relatable. <laughs> watching these two uh, screw everyone over to try and get this fortune of cryptocurrency, like rubbing your hands, like wait until they find out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're all going through crypto winter. <laughs> <laughs> Also, uh, I mean, uh, I totally agree with you uh, on the doctor. Who, I think he's probably the most annoying neighbor on all of on of uh, our list. Uh, but yeah, also the uh, the YouTuber guy, uh, yeah. who's you know, uh, who's always uh, out there to record every bit of the show that's happening in the apartment. And mm. and in the initial bits, he does not even realize that you know the intensity or the uh, the scale at which this infection has you know spread. And he goes to the supermarket, he's going in the darker alleys and he, he wants to record everything for his followers. Uh, and, and there's this entire, uh, there's this bit also where they show, right, that he has elderly parents who don't really understand YouTube. And they constantly nag him because they think that he's not earning money and he does not really do a real job. So that bit is also a bit funny, but like relevant to uh, the kind of context and setting that we live in today. And and how uh, you know they've also in a way subtly uh, nudged to the concept of society and like family concept because towards the end we realize that his mother is infected uh, and he also gets infected the YouTuber but uh, we know that if you are uh, living with your loved ones you can probably control the disease if you have the will uh, to do that uh, because you would not want to hurt your loved ones right uh, and he realizes that his parents have done so much for him. Um, Mum is so that, sad. Like, she, yeah, she's a yeah, sweet yeah, old yeah. lady, and the son yeah. has no time for yeah. her. the The bloke is horrible yeah. to her. I, was, I really felt sorry for her the whole way through, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I think also... there have been like great examples of uh, what Moon was mentioning that if uh, you have the family support or someone loved one around you, you will try to, you know, uh, uh, not turn into that monster sooner. Uh, uh, you know, in case of Yu Yoon and uh, Sebom and the writer uh, uh, lady and her brother, yeah. brother, uh, yeah, and uh, in the case of these elderly parents and the YouTuber son, uh, another interesting thing that I noticed that was though we had like this annoying, like you know, 
highest level of uh, annoying neighbors uh, the writers have maintained a balance uh, with the characters by giving us some good uh, and uh, kind characters also like right. uh, we had uh, boram uh, that cashier from the supermarket uh, in yeah. the complex and we had the lawyer's wife you know and uh, the little girl uh, who was yeah. uh, with saberman ehun and you know so there have been some good characters to balance the uh, evilness of all the other uh, evil neighbors that have been uh, given also so i i like that kind of uh, how the writers have made that effort to uh, show both the think- sides of the uh, coin in 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 such a situation actually yeah and i think that is the beauty of happiness because it you know it humanizes the zombies we know that the people who are infected are at the end of the day human uh, and you know there's this entire dialogue towards the end of uh, he yun when he says right that the people who are infected they are not uh, they are not uh, inhuman but actually uh, the people who are you know uh, actually the evil lives within the people who are not infected and and that has come out in times of this crisis because he points out uh, to the doctor and you know to the uh, the the <coughs> the lady the representative of the building uh, as to how they're always scheming uh, to because they want uh, parfum chic and uh, so sebom's uh, character to die or to just go away right they don't want them to meddle in their affairs and their personal uh, you know gain uh, out of the situation so they are humanizing this entire story uh, and that is what actually yeah. really uh, came out from the drama it, it's brilliantly done i think that aspect of it um there's a lot of uh, zombie movies zombie series that reach for this plot point um that try to humanize the person who's infected and make you feel for them uh before uh, they turn completely and i think this is the best version of it that i've seen the the most successful um kind of humanization of infected people exactly for the reason that um they're not dead and often the infection seems to exacerbate negative qualities that they already have um and what makes that particularly poignant is that actually there are things that do that in in normal life alcohol um certain drugs can bring out an ugly side of you and the way that some of these people when they're infected they are having these nights where they're kind of feral and um they you know trying to attack people and then they have to like deal with it in the morning um there are a lot of people who would have been through that experience with far more like mundane uh reasons just because of a substance uh the the really really sad uh scenes with the little girl with her mum towards the end uh where she's just kind of trying to hold on long enough to spend a little bit of time with her daughter but she can't go near her uh cuz she knows she's about to turn like that the self awareness that these people have is actually the uh, i i think the tragedy uh in the show and also one of the scariest parts like if i was turning into a monster i'd probably prefer not to know about it you know um it's yeah. haunting the idea that you'd have a self awareness and and that you yeah. would know what you might do to people around you because of something you couldn't control 
Yeah, and I think another point that this show really hit on was that in the post-pandemic era, the kind of drugs that are rolled out by these medical companies and you know the the people who are in power, we don't really know the kind of impact they can have on our lives, uh, and that's something that they've explored uh, in a pretty good way. So that is another point that I liked about the show, which is super relevant to our lives. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this was a drama which keeps you engaged. Despite a bit of, uh, you know, uh, loopholes uh, in the show, uh, like minor loopholes, but uh, I think uh, overall the characterization, the picturization, the soundtrack, and the story keeps you hooked onto it, and it has a very cozy vibe to it, uh, very relatable and super relevant to our current times. And I think uh, on behalf of all of the people, we can say that it's a pretty fast-paced drama and we all highly recommend you to watch Happiness uh, if you're looking at uh, a, a, a good K-drama to watch. Uh, so yeah, I think uh, we can probably wrap up our discussion uh, and uh, we'd really like our viewers to give us feedback uh, on this episode. Thank you, John, for uh, joining us uh, on this uh, episode. I'm so glad that you came here and shared your thoughts. Thank you, John, for uh, joining us. Thank you so much, guys. This was really fun. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yes, we absolutely ha- loved having this conversation with you and discussing happiness. Likewise. And we'd also like, we'd also like our viewers to uh, give us a rating uh, on the uh, audio uh, podcast platform that they are, uh, you know, listening to the show on. We really would like some feedback in the form of the rating and in the form of comments on our Twitter or all the social media handles. We're also, uh, you know, pinning John's channel under these show notes. So do check out uh, K. Botak podcast as well. Yeah, and signing off. Until the next time. Until next time. Until next time. Thanks for listening.